Hey, I'm Lester. Hey, I'm Patty. And I'm EJ. Welcome back into the Bears Hopium Den, our summer podcast series at the Wind City Gridiron Podcast Network. I'm Jeff Burgess, your host through this series. Before we get out of here, before we end the series, I had to get my favorite collaborators on together. This was a really fun conversation. These are people I really enjoy talking to, really enjoy working with. Really makes a lot of the work that I do at Windy City Gridiron pay off, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Obviously, for those of you that have been following the channel, Lester and I started a podcast last year called Bear and Balance. Really enjoy doing that uh, with Lester. We're really excited for season two and where that takes us. Done a lot of writing projects over the past couple years with Patty. She's very funny and love to add her voice into the mix here. And those of you who have been around and following Bears Over Beers, we're entering our fourth season with that. Really excited about what we're going to use that show for this year. I think there's some exp- uh, there's some surprises there that I think you guys are going to be pretty excited about that follow that show. But but I really wanted to get these guys on this program to kind of get their reaction to what they've already heard uh, from the first seven episodes, and then also to have that conversation about how do we talk about this team. I think that there's an interesting opportunity here as a Bears fan to see what a rebuild looks like. And make no mistake, that's what's happening here. Now, they do have the quarterback that we believe can be the guy, right? So that's a, that's a piece that not all teams have right at the start of a rebuild. But there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of the favorite players the last few years are gone. Uh, There's a lot of young players that are unproven that have opportunities. There are a lot of players that we don't really even know who are going to step up into those roles yet. And so it's it's an interesting time as a Bears fan. And, And I think one thing that I've noticed is that you have a national media who likes to be hyperbolic to get clicks and listens and views and anger Bears fans, right? They say, this team's going to be the worst in the league. And, you know, they didn't do anything to protect Justin. They didn't do anything to give him options in the passing game, blah, blah, blah. And on the other side, and I think it's created maybe by that national media perspective, but on the other side, you have a lot of people that are pandering to uh, Bears fans to some extent. Uh, They're saying everything that Ryan Poles has done is great and perfect and uh, everything that every – Every player that has not proven themselves, they're going to be really good. And and they, they kind of go, they swing the pendulum a little bit too far in the other direction, right? So I, I think that there's an opportunity for us to have a fun season watching what the start of a rebuild looks like and have honest conversations about this team. So it was a really fun conversation. Uh, Lester speaks first. You know, I've written about this a few times on WCG. It's it's Walter Payton. I mean, he's the reason why I started. Uh, f- I fell in love with the Bears. You know, when I was younger, I-, I was a Cowboys fan for a little while, and and then I was I was little. I, I don't know any better. I was and, and then then my cousin was a Cowboys fan, so I can't be a Cowboys fan. I'm a Steelers fan now because they were, you know, back in that era, they were rivals. Always, you know, the two best teams. And then my stepbrother said, "Why are you a Steelers fan?" check this out. And I was, it was the bears game and I'm watching the bears and I'm watching Walter Payton 
And I'm like, wow. And then I started to realize the Bears are on every Sunday. The Steelers, I'm only catching them on Monday Night Football. This is great. So and eventually I became a Bears fan, and it was all because of Walter Payton. I mean, sweetness, the way he ran, everything about him. I just I just, uh, I just, fell in love with the Bears, and uh, I've been with the Bears since the uh, 1980, 81, maybe 79. Right in that era is when I started you know, becoming a Bears fan. I'm old. Yes, it's true. It's <laughs> older than he looks, folks. Patty, what about you? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Northern California, so most people would expect me to be a 49ers fan. I was uh, I was alive when uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young were winning a bunch of games. Um, a Jerry Rice guy was apparently pretty good. I wasn't really paying attention, though. Um, but, you know, fast forward to college, and I had a lot of different ideas about what my favorite animal was. Uh, I really just dabbled and experimented. I went duckbill platypus for a while, manatee. Um, you know, penguin, I guess I liked water animals for a while, but I, I always knew bear was the best animal. And I just, I was hesitant to sort of claim it as my favorite animal. Once I did, I, I never looked back. I get all kinds of amazing bear finelia because everybody knows I love bears more than anyone else. And so then in my thirties, I started playing football. Uh, my friend asked if I wanted to join a flag football team. And, um, I, I did mostly just to meet people. And then it turns out it's fun to run with a ball in my hand and I got more and more into it. Once I started watching, I picked the team with uh, the best mascot, which was obviously uh, the bears specifically Staley to bear number zero. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and of course, you know why he's named Staley. Yeah. Decatur Staley's. I, I learned that after the fact, but <laughs> still love him. Did you learn that from one of my articles? <laughs> It's possible. It's likely. I, actually, it, it may have been from your uh, your podcast series. That's where I got most of my best, uh, uh, sorry, bear history knowledge. Another satisfied fan. Hallis to Mac podcast series came out two years ago. First pandemic summer uh, project. EJ, why are you a Bears fan? What is your origin story? I get that a lot as well because I didn't grow up in or around Chicago. Uh, I, like Lester, am also old. And it is also Walter Payton when it boils right down to it. Um, I didn't have family fandom. You and I have had this discussion a lot, JB, because you didn't have a choice. Like you were a bear fan before you showed up. Uh, I didn't have that experience. I didn't have strong football affiliations, a uh, little bit of bills because my dad's side of the family is from Buffalo, but that never really resonated with me. And you, you just get to that age, 10, 11, 12 years old, and everybody's kind of picking sides, Ford or Chevy. And everybody's like, well, what's your favorite football team? And I was like, I don't, I don't really have one. And I had to come up with one. And it was the same thing. It was watching Walter Payton run, um, usually somewhat futilely. Uh, the the Bears teams before the Super Bowl, this is 82-ish, 83 uh, there was a lot of really great Walter Payton efforts that were wasted, but he never gave up. That was his, that was his deal. And, uh, watching that style, something about the uniforms. And once it's set in, I can't explain it. And that's one of the coolest things about it. People say, why do you love the bears? And I say, I don't know, but I know I do. And I always have. So, um, yeah, once it's set, that was it. Um, never lived in Chicago proper. Been there plenty of times, but uh, wouldn't wouldn't think of rooting for anybody else. Perfect. So 
what does this team mean to you? So this question has been answered in a lot of different ways. And, you know, maybe it's a, it, it's a family thing or maybe it really dominates your life in other ways. It's been a jump board to other things. I mean, this group in particular has a, a different level associated to it because you create content that at least started with the Bears, right? Like there's there's this level of commitment to this team that made you want to express it in an artistic way. Um, and so th this this question to you guys, I'm very curious what your answers are because um, how do you carry this team around with you day to day? I mean, for me, it's, you know, I've always been a sports fan, obviously. And, you know, when I was younger, it was, you know, it was all the sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I just realized that I just don't have time to devote to, to, to all my other favorite sporting events and other favorite teams. And I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to pick football. I mean, that's the, that's my favorite sport. You know, I coached that I played it. It's, it's, it's the, it's everything about the game of football. I just love and And then, you know, just, which is natural for me just to kind of, you know, stick with the bears. Then of course I started writing about it, you know, a long time ago and just doing it for fun and, you know, kind of turned into something. And then now it's like the point where it's like, you know, it's just, uh, it, it is part of my identity. I never really thought of it that way. I'm not a huge, uh, you know, logo guy. I'm not a Jersey guy, you know, but anyone that knows me knows, you know, I'm the bears guy. So it has become a, a part of who I am. Patty. Yeah. For me, I mean, bears, uh, broadly has been a big part of my identity for years. Like I said, I'm the bear person. I always get the cool bear gifts. Um, and then it just felt good to me for my personality when I started uh, following football closely was around, it was actually the first draft I watched was Kevin, Kevin White's draft. So you can get idea where the bears were at. Um, and in that time it was, it was just fun to really embrace them as a team that was kind of, uh, you know, and not everybody likes the term lovable losers. I, I personally am a fan of it, but you know, people would, I, I, I enjoy being sort of the advocate for a team that's not doing so well and finding the, you know, the, the players and the characters to like and root for and, and having that, you know, joy when you get the one upset victory, you know, in week 16 against a team that doesn't really care. Uh, I think it was fun for me. So it, it's, um, you know, I'm obviously going to enjoy it when the bears start winning, uh, Super Bowls, you know, maybe next season, maybe this season, we'll we'll, we'll see how that how it goes. Uh, but I'm still going to enjoy rooting for them and bragging about them uh, in the uh, you know three win seasons as well. EJ, what about you? What does this team mean to you? This is going to sound strange, but less than it used to, and that's a good thing. Um, I enjoy it more. I was really invested in bears and I used to get really angry about decisions that they made largely about decisions in the draft. Well, before the Kevin white era, there's a story of me uh, listening to the draft on AM radio in, you know, the passenger seat of my buddy's car and beating on the dash when they picked Dave Terrell to the point where he turned off the radio and he was like, stop, man has nothing to do with you. And I was like, no, you don't understand. And, that's one of the things that spurred me on to writing about the draft. And it was difficult because they often didn't make the choices I would have. And that was frustrating. And I enjoyed it less. And when I sort of let that grip go and realized that it didn't have anything to do with me and I could look at it a little bit more objectively, I enjoyed it a whole lot more. And that's also when I started looking at 
football much more broadly. Instead of hyper-focusing on the Bears, I started to think about how the Bears worked within the NFC North. And then how does the NFC North work within the whole NFC? And then that's led me to where I'm now with bootleg. And that's what I really enjoy is talking about football, not so much just the Bears. I still love the Bears, uh, but I love them in a different way than I used to. So the team itself is always going to be the team I root for, and I'm always going to be connected to that team. But my hold on that fandom is probably a lot lighter than it used to be, and that fits in the right place in my life now. We'll we'll let you stick around for the rest of the episode. That <laughs> okay, that I can out, now that you just doubted yourself, you know. Yeah. But, um, all right, so you guys both talked about Walter Payton as being your inspiration for for following this team. So if that's your answer for your favorite all time player, that's fine. If you wanted to pick somebody else, that's fine too. But who would you say all time is your favorite player? And then I do want you guys to pick somebody on the, the current roster. Now, that has been a difficult question Ooh. for many people in the, the first few episodes of the Hopium Den because this roster is in a state of flux. But I want you to give me an all time and a current. Lester. Yeah, it's, it's Peyton for me. I mean, he's uh, like I said, he's the reason you know I became a Bears fan. Uh, just everything about him, his running style, just everything he meant, you know, on and off the field and. You know, he, he epitomized uh, the Chicago Bears during his era. Um, current, that's, that's a tough question. I mean, it'd be nice if it was Justin Fields. I think at some point it may be Justin Fields. If he's the guy we all think he should be, I think it'll be Justin Fields. You know, but I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's a tough one. I mean, I, I've been listening to all, all your shows, and I'm like, a lot of the, the, the answers are varied. And, I mean, I like Tevin Jenkins, but I mean, at this point in his career, I can't call him a favorite player. I mean, I, I love the potential. I think there's a lot of potential there for him, but I, I can't go there. And, you know, it, it was Akeem Hicks, you know, for the last few years, he's gone now. So, you know, it, it could be Lucas Patrick, you know, if, if he becomes the guy that, you know, he seems like a, like a prick. I mean, he says he's a prick. That's what, that's what his thing is. I like those kind of players. So if, if the season's wearing on and, and he's that nasty guy that really sets the tone for the old line, it could be a guy like Patrick, but I gotta be honest right now. I don't really have a favorite. Oh, just not going to answer the question. I mean, it's, it's so hard <laughs> to answer. I mean, is it, you know, I mean, like I guess I, I can't go with a young guy. I mean, you know, they, they got to show you me. Could. More. I mean, I could. All right, let's go. I'm going to go Tevin Jenkins. I just like his, his college tape was so fun to watch. You know, I'm, I, I'm not a huge college guy, but, you know, I, I try and watch a few of the guys that I, that I like. And, you know, the first time I saw his film and then, I, I, of course, there was the, the great the, the great uh, film room episode by, by EJ's partner over there, Bootleg. You know, that was an awesome show about Tevin Jenkins. And it was just uh, he's just got that mentality. And I, I think. Right now he's in the bench, but I don't think it'll last. Once camp starts, he'll 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 win a job. He's just too uh, he's too talented to hold back. Patty, what about you? All time and current roster favorite player? Yeah. So if you asked me a year ago, it probably would have been the same person because I didn't I didn't start watching the Bears, um, you know, in the eighties or or the, you know even the nineties or the zeros. And so Akeem Hicks has been my, my favorite sort of since I start, started getting really into the Bears, and he still holds that uh, that role as my all-time favorite just in terms of, you know, his play and his personality and his, his physical size. I like, I like the Bears that come a little bit closer to representing actual Bears. Um, although I was a big fan of Tariq Cohen too, so he's more of Koala than a Grizzly. But 
Uh, yeah, definitely Hicks and current roster. I, we know we had a round table and I had trouble with this and I, I don't know why for more people, it's not automatically uh, Roquan Smith. I, you know, I think it is for me. Um, and I think some of it is he hasn't gotten a lot of fanfare. He doesn't, you know, have a lot of fun sound bites when he talks or whatever, but he's an amazing player to do everything linebacker. He's great in coverage, which obviously you need these days. And he, I mean, he's the best sort of consistent player drafted by the bears on the team right now. And I'm going to go with Roquan Smith. Absolutely. EJ. All time. It's Peyton. If you want a, a sort of less mainstream answer, my dark horse answer is Marcus Robinson. He was just my guy that, uh, he, he wore my number and I loved, he had a, a very brief sort of height with the bears, but boy, it was a high, high. So that's the sort of name drawn from the past that people might not know these days. I got to go with Jalen Johnson. He's quiet about what he does, uh, but he is playing at an extremely high level and has since he entered the league. He is tough. He's physical. He's technically very solid. Uh, I like Roquan a lot too, because I think he is underrated um, and super versatile, but I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson because he's a guy that I identified in college that I really liked. I actually said pre-draft, man, he would fit great in Fangio's system. They drafted him and it worked out. And that trifecta is really rare. So I'm going to go with the bet that paid off. All right. Next question. So how do you watch games and do you have any rituals? So this could cover a lot of things like, you know, um, I wear a jersey every week and uh, or I wear the same shirt until they lose or whatever. And then I want to know, like, do you like going to the bar? Do you want to get into the stadium? Do you want to just hole up by yourself so no one bothers you? Like, what's your ideal watching game situation? Yeah, for me, I've always been kind of uh introvert anyway so i'm cool with just me my couch my tv everyone else just leave me alone every now and again there's people around you know just leave me alone i don't i don't want to i don't want to hear your your take on the on the bears i just want to watch the game and enjoy what's happening and then of course you know these days you know i have to write about it i have to talk about it so i i gotta i gotta know what's going on i can't you know i can't like fake it you know with an article or fake it with a podcast i gotta know, actually watch the game and know what's going on so so those those little nuanced things that happen in the game i like to know about you know i try and keep an eye on on, on, the, on the line a little bit more than than the average fan i, I like to think so you know, I, I try and uh you know watch it that way um plus i i like the live tweet that's great for engagement if you're tweeting out thoughts during the game I found that, you know, every bear season that, you know, if you're active on, on social media, active on Twitter, that helps the engagement, helps the followers boost up. You know, you kind of really get the, the, the talking, going back and forth with the fans that way. That way I'll do it. As far as personal, though, just want to be alone. Just want to watch the game. No rituals other than that. Just uh, just leave me alone. Let me watch my game. Patty. Yeah, so I write the post-game uh, article on WCG, and that pretty much occupies my game-watching time, uh, which every once in a while I regret that I can't go to the bar with friends. or um, I have looked for bars with Wi-Fi, but I've never actually made that happen. I, um, but basically, I'm, you know, I'm at home on my computer and typing as I, as I watch because I take pride in um, publishing the article as soon as the game is over. Um, Sometimes the game feels over about 20 minutes or an hour before it's actually over, but I try to wait till the uh, clock ticks down. I did one time for the playoff game. I actually went uh, to the Eagles playoff game. I went to a room that was full of Eagles fans and tried writing the article there. And that was a very unfortunate decision. 
I'll just leave it at that. You have published before the game is actually over before. Well, usually it's when the clock is ticking down. One time I, I had to be somewhere and the game was really over, over, um, you know, metaphorically over, over in our hearts. Uh, but generally I try to wait. I do try to wait. I'm glad that you weren't doing the post game with the Mike Brown, uh, Cleveland Browns pick six game. Cause that was like a crazy comeback with like a point zero one percent chance of winning i'm sure yeah. you would have just been like all right i gotta get i gotta get out of here send and then there's like hail mary actually hold out to the end i actually so i have learned that when the game is close at all you have to write two two endings sort of two drafts um and keep editing both of them because the last thing you want is for a game you think is going to win turns out the bears lose and you have to edit your whole article um on the spot so i'm i'm glad you do the that and not me. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That. That's a that's a peek behind the curtain there. She has yeah. two, <laughs> two two closes each week, yeah. and she oh. edits them. At, oh man, that's beautiful stuff right there. EJ, what about you? What what's what's your ritual? Uh, how do you like to watch games? I'm also extremely glad that that's Patty's gig and not mine. <laughs> yeah, that is that is not my gig. Very clearly, uh, I don't have a ritual. I end up watching Bears games in. A variety of ways if i can see it at home over the last couple of seasons put out a call to wcg folks and said hey do you want to you want to get online and just basically have a room like this going while the game's on and that's worked out really well um and a lot of times i will run up to um shout out to the local buffalo wild wings obviously the game's always on i can always catch it there uh i tend to go by myself and sit by myself and i've actually like lester i i like it more when i can concentrate on the actual game but i've actually i've found a little bit of joy in going to buffalo wild wings because there are fans from all over the country who are also displaced and can't find a game anywhere else so for every game and they have every game on there's a there's a little pod of you know texans fans over there and dolphins fans over there and the one guy from baltimore over there and it's just cool to see how everybody fans for lack of a better you know verb but i don't have any rituals i like to watch every game i end up watching every game in you know several times either on all 22 or or other cut-ups uh, but I, there is something about watching it live. I'm with Lester. There's a flow there and things you pick up that are important when you're trying to tell the story of a game in any way. Um, so I catch as many of them as I can. Last couple of years, I've caught every one, uh, which has been a first for me. There's always been, you know, weeks I've missed in the past for one reason or another. But with the way things are going, that's that's not a luxury I have anymore. So even the bad ones, uh, I've watched those as well. Uh, what's the go to wing sauce or rub? Oh, there's a funny story about that. So uh, I knew there would be. I yeah. just knew there would be. No, I don't have I don't have I don't like their super, super spicy stuff. And, you know, but I like spice. So I'll order somewhere in the middle. And one time, uh, shout out to the guy that got it wrong. And <laughs> I ordered, you know, regular wings or whatever they whatever they had right and i was like i ordered they have like i don't know eight or ten sauces something like that and i ordered sauce like four and it comes and i'm watching the game and i was really hungry and bears games i'm on the west coast so bears games often happen pretty early so a lot of times i'm eating this stuff at like 
11 o'clock in the morning. I start stuffing it down because I'm hungry. And like 10 minutes later, I'm like, I don't feel so good. Like, what the hell's going on? And then my face explodes. And I'm like, literally, my eyes are watering. I'm snotting. I like am beet red, I'm sweating. And I was like, holy, holy, holy crap. I have to go to the bathroom. Like, so I go to the bathroom and I'm literally like putting handfuls of cold water on my face in between trying to clear my nose out. I look like a crazy person. And there's a guy sort of at the, you know, sink next to me, like, man, you all right? Like, you don't look all right. And he's sort of washing his hands and he, and he leaves. And it takes me like 15 minutes to get to any sort of functionality where I can breathe and, and watch normally. And I go out and I'm still like mopping my face off. And, you know, the waitress comes back like, how are your wings? And I was like, freaking awful. Like, that was terrible. And she's like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know, but I ordered this which was kind of like the regular buffalo sauce, but a little bit spicier. And that was mace. Like, that's what that was. And she was like, I'll take it back to the kitchen. She comes back out. She's like, I'm so sorry. It's, you know, Dave's first day. And he dipped out of bucket one when he should have dipped out of bucket four. So it was like the hottest sauce they make. Anyways, guy comes out. It's the guy from the bathroom. And he's like, I'm the manager. I'm really sorry. We're going to comp your food. Like, and I was like, oh man, this guy saw my face like coming apart in the bathroom sink. I was like, okay. So yeah, I got maced at Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out. They made it right. But I, I was so hungry and I woofed it all in like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. I eat really fast sometimes. It was a, uh, like Patty said, it was a really unfortunate decision that day. EJ, you buried the lead. You got free lunch. Oh yeah, free lunch. Yeah. However, I I was a little disappointed, only a little disappointed. And I've never said this part publicly because I had like two beers to go with it, and they didn't comp the beers. Oh, yeah. Wait, well, I have to say, if, if I got a free lunch every time I cried in a bathroom, I would be a rich woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the one. I Daddy gotta keep that it. in. You gotta mint that right there. That's oh, that's gold. That's All gold. right. Next question. So. Uh, a lot of talk in the last few months about the Bears leaving Soldier Field and building a new stadium in Arlington Heights. What are your thoughts on this idea? I know that no one here goes to every game or anything like that, but what are your thoughts of the Bears no longer uh, playing in Soldier Field and building a new stadium? You know, like I said, I, I don't like going to the games very often. I mean, I go to some every now and again, I, you know, but to me going to Chicago, it's just, to me, it's a hassle. You know, I just don't like the, the commute. I don't like the, uh, the traffic. I don't like dealing with the parking. You know, I mean, it's, it's nice every now and again, it's a nice experience to do. Uh, but you know, just all that other stuff I can do without. So for me, I live North anyway, Arlington Heights is closer. You know, it, I could, it, you know, I, I could uh, t- take the Metra, you know, right there to, to, to the, to the town. For me, it'd be great. Um, it wouldn't increase my going to games, though. But, but I know for for the actual franchise, it's needed. You know, a, a little bigger stadium, more revenue. You know, better facilities. You know, it's something modern. You know, I I, I like uh, the idea of playing in weather, but it, it's not mandatory. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's football. Whether there's mud or whether it's rain or whether it's snow, you know, you're still blocking. You're still tackling. 
And uh, let's be honest, fair weather in Chicago, there's no such thing. I mean, the, you know, Bears haven't really used it to their advantage in a long time. <laughs> so let's just get a modern stadium, a nice area built up, better for the franchise, more revenue for the franchise. And then if that happens, maybe the McCaskey family decides to sell. <laughs> Bonus. Ah. <laughs> uh. Patty. Yeah, I'm not, it just seems a little sad to me, but it, it makes sense for reasons that uh, a lot of people have brought up. It's just for practical re- reasons. I'd like to be able to see a game at Sh- Soldier Field. I still never have. I lived in Chicago for one year and, you know, the year that there were no fans in the stands for uh, because of the p- pandemic. So uh, I, ma- I imagine it's not going to happen immediately. So I could still find a way to go once and then I'd be satisfied. Um, I do. I think a, a good way to sort of help appease the fans would be to make the transition at the same time. They finally decide to put a bear on the helmet. So you just have an enormous upgrade in the appearance of the helmets and just the brand um, really taking advantage of having the best mascot in really professional sports um, and not putting it on your helmet. I mean, that's insane. It's completely, it's completely insane. I don't want to go on a rant about that, but. I think that would be a good way to appease the people who are, you know, legitimately upset about it. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't settle a lot of people down, I don't know what will let's get rid of the wing C and let's, let's, let's put on a bear on the side of the helmet or some, some bear logo of some kind. Let's, let's utilize it. Uh, Even a paw would be better. Just something to like some claw marks. Like give me something. A fang. I'm down for a good fang. Sure. That thing sounds good. Whatever. Like show let's get creative. EJ. It has to be done. I understand why people get upset about it. I have only ever seen one game at Soldier Field, and I wanted to see Soldier Field before the spaceship landed. So it was literally the last game before the big renovation at Soldier Field. I wanted to see the old one. That one was awesome. It was great to go, but I wouldn't have wanted to go every week it really needed to be upgraded at that point the thing that i find just nuts is not the logo it's that chicago has the smallest seating capacity in the league that makes zero sense to me so you know more seats a more modern facility it is a bummer that it's not going to be by the lake uh there is something about the bears playing right there on the lakefront that is that is very chicago but i'm maybe it's because i don't live in chicago and and i don't have i have some attachment to it but not enough to say oh it outweighs all the positives you're going to get if you move to arlington heights upgraded facilities um you know like lester said which is not a small thing the area built out around it it's going to be huge for that area as well and you know bear weather meh i i'm not so much roof or not uh, I want to see a good playing surface <laughs> before I really care about bear weather and the bears haven't had that for a long time. So if they can manage a good playing surface, I don't care how they do it. Um, I'd say it's an eventuality. It's got to happen when it happens. People are probably going to get excited about it. I've been to several of the new stadiums recently. Last year was my first time in Allegiant down in Las Vegas and Man, new stadiums are dope. <laughs> They're really, really fun game day experiences. And I think once fans get a chance to, if they want to, you know, unlike Lester, if they want that game day experience, 
the game day experience in a new stadium is really, really cool. The old Ryan and Matt are gone. The new Ryan and Matt are here. What have you thought of, what did you think about the hires of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus? And what do you think about them so far in your interaction uh, with press conferences and the, the moves that they've made? You know, I think for us, for this panel, we have an advantage because all the other shows you recorded were like, you know, like a while ago. So we've actually had a chance to see how they've interacted a lot. You know, like you said, in the press conferences, you know, the the, the stuff they talked with the media, you know, their, their spots on radio. And, you know, at the time of the hire, I wasn't all on board with, with, with the head coach, Eberflus, like most Bears fans. Why are you getting a defensive guy? This should have been a, a a hot young offensive mind that comes in and just molds Justin Fields, you know. But but once the hire was made, once I saw the direction, once I heard him talk and, and give his vision, say how a how a defensive minded coach can really help a young quarterback because he knows what he's looking at. He understands that part of the game. He can help, you know, teach him what a defense is trying to do to stop him from having success. So I think it's a different perspective, but at the end of the day, it's all coaching. And I think, you know, his, his hits philosophy, it's kind of old school. I, I dig it. I love that stuff. Um, I think it's uh, it's, there's still a place for that. He's got to win games because that kind of uh, the, the old school stuff kind of gets old. It gets stale if, if it's not successful. So I think uh, if he has some success here, I think it's, it's a good fit. Ryan Poles, you know, when the hire was made, I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, he has had some missteps here in the last uh, few months as far as some of the contract stuff goes, um, some of the player stuff, you know, kind of, you know, dropping the ball a few times, you know, but overall, you know, for a first-time GM, he was uh, handicapped by by the cap. He had to make some moves that he had to make. So, so for me, right now, I'm all in on both uh, Poles and Eberflus. Patty? Yeah, similar to Lester. I wasn't quite sure about Eberflus at the, uh, when he was first hired. I was hoping for um, uh, Brian Dable, or I was actually I was actually curious about Brian Flores too. That um, his situation went in a different direction, um, and hopefully that ends up all working out for him. He's a, I think he's probably in a good place uh, with the Steelers right now, but. When once I got to know Eberflus, he won me over pretty quickly. I'm I'm a sucker. Anyone who is associated with the Bears, I'm going to find what's good about them, and I'm going to root for that. And he certainly has plenty to like. I, I I think really, you know, the amount of you know hustle and other letters in the hits. I don't know if hustle is actually the H, um, <clears throat> but that matters. And it's you know it's not something that you can easily quantify. And uh, you know PFF doesn't have a grade for it. But if it, if he can really make a difference in the culture and how how hard people train and how hard they play that that's going to matter <clears throat> as far as polls. I, I didn't have as many p- opinions about the GMs. I just don't have as much uh, knowledge about exactly, you know, who the hires were and, and what I thought they would do. Uh, I am happy with him. I like that. He's really, he definitely has taken the long game having foresight. He's making, um, you know, very reasonable decisions. Uh, he doesn't have the, same opinion as I do about how to support a young quarterback. I think, I think that's a situation where you do sort of throw out the rules of best player availability or don't spend money this way to make sure you, you set, set someone up to succeed. Cause I think, I think there are a lot of talented people who could have been great quarterbacks that never found the right situation. And I think that really matters. So I, all in all, I think I'm very happy with 
his forward thinking attitude, especially um, after what we had with uh, pace. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. EJ, what about you? My first question after Eberflus was hired, I, I liked his defense a lot in Indianapolis. Now moving to the more CEO role was who's going to run the offense, right? Can he pull a good offensive play caller if he's not going to have his hand in that? And as soon as he got Luke Getze, I was like, okay, cool. And he put together a very solid staff after that. So that sort of allayed my concern about the Bears' major area of need, which is got to score some points in the modern NFL. With polls, he had massive cleanup to do. The amount of damage that Ryan Pace did in the last couple of years, we talked about it endlessly on Bears Over Beers, needed to be corrected. And the one thing that puts me solidly in polls corner is he went all the way. He went to the mat. He cut to the quick this year. Um, nothing symbolizes that better than the Nick Foles situation. It is costing the Bears money not to have Nick Foles on the roster, and Ryan Poles is cool with that. He wants every Band-Aid ripped off, every possible bit of dead money accelerated, cleaned up so that 2023 is a smooth runway, and he did all of it, and that's what we advocated for was no half measures, and he he did it all, and that took a lot of fortitude. A lot of those moves weren't very popular. So for that, I'm all in with polls. What Lester said is also true. He's had some early missteps as GM that he's going to need to clean up when he's not trying to do both things at once at 100 miles an hour in a very short period of time. Uh, I hope that he will learn on the job in that way and you know have some more hits, especially next year when he's got a ton of money to spend. But for right now... It was a change that had to be made, and it looks positive on both ends. All right. The question. I have described this as uh, it's not the only question, but this is the question where you come to at the end of the game show, and it's worth a million points, making all of the previous <laughs> questions not mean anything anymore, right? That's what this year is all about, because if this, if Justin Fields isn't the guy, then you have a very different direction that you're taking this franchise. So so what are your thoughts on Justin Fields from what you've seen so far of this guy? And then I would need you to answer, will he be the guy? Let's just get that out of the way on top here. He will be the guy. Um, I'm pretty confident. I, I think he has it. I mean, as far as the guy, there's levels to that. I mean, is he going to be the franchise quarterback for the Bears for the next several years? Yes. Will he be an elite you know, uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes type of quarterback. The jury's out on that. But as far as being the franchise guy for the Chicago Bears, yeah, I think he is. I think the the, the potential's there. I think the, the the flashes of brilliance were there. You know, the mistakes were there as well. You know, we have to to, to mention those. You know, the the thing with the mistakes is the stuff he can clean up. Clean up through with mechanics. You know, with with you know certain things. You know, you didn't see him make a lot of mental errors throwing the ball you know his mental stuff was was kind of the stuff in the in, in the pocket maybe holding it too long and maybe that's just who he is maybe he's just going to be a guy that wants to, to to wait for those big shots later he will hold it a little longer and he doesn't have the best o-line and best pass pro to do that right now but at some point he may kind of grow into that he'll learn when the check downs are to take it i think he's in a good offense for his skill set you know they are going to take advantage of his play action ability his passing out of the pocket and his deep ball ability. Three things he was good at last year 
that Matt Nagy didn't want to do very often. These three things he'll do this year with Luke Etsy. So, yeah, I think he'll be the guy. The level of that, we'll see. That's, 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 too, that's to be determined. Patty, I think I know what your answer is going to be. but I mean, I would say yes, even if he was bad, and he's not bad. So it's super easy for me. Yes, he's the guy. Uh, you know, he he looked pretty good last year in a bad situation. And now that the Bears are, I believe, going to actually play to his strengths, I think we're going to see have a lot more fun watching him, and we're going to see a lot more of those flashes. Uh, I'm sure there'll still be mistakes, but I'll forgive them quickly. <laughs> and you'll probably write – long excuses for them in a post game where he makes multiple mistakes. Hopefully not. I had, a, uh, I had to have a recurring segment on uh, excuses, Mitch excuses, something like that. Uh, excuses uh, for Trubisky. I hope I don't have to make it a recurring uh, segment right. that I just throw them all in, but that's an option if, if needed. I mean, once in a while, right? I mean, it's a good shtick. You got to bring it back if it, yeah. if it plays. EJ, you went back, you know, I mean, you watched a lot of Justin Fields. You liked him coming out. Uh, where are you at with him right now? And where is your confidence level on him being the guy? I'm with Lester. Let's get this out of the way. He'll be the guy. He showed some really positive things last year in the worst possible situation. He had a coaching staff that was at best negligent and at worst actively working to put him in bad situations that's unfathomable but it did happen like we saw the results no practice with the first teamers throughout what should have been the time where he was at least splitting reps bringing him in not changing the game plan and letting him get absolutely plastered in his first start which was a bad obviously physically for him but was really bad because it was the start that the national media was watching and they were like oh boy he's terrible no he's not terrible that was the worst possible game plan and it almost looks like they put it in on purpose which is awful and unforgivable he did well despite all that crap now that he's got an administration a whole you know a front office a head coach an offensive coordinator that are behind him and acting as if he's the guy he gets all those reps building an offense that does feature his strengths you're going to see some of the elite traits that he had even in college and he's going to be able to showcase whether or not his surrounding talent is great his surrounding talent was not great last year either if anything the offensive line talents slightly upgraded and you know playmakers sure patty i'll i'll go with you on this one he could use a few more but not having a team actively working against you is going to be a massive boost. It's also year two for him. Things slow down a little bit. He's probably not going to say that the speed of the game won't be too much for him again. That was a mistake on his part. Uh, he's learned from his rookie mistakes. He's an incredible athlete. He can win with his legs. He can win with his arm. He can win with his head. He's a very hard worker. He doesn't like making the same mistake twice. He's going to be good. He'll be better when you surround him with even more weapons, but he's going to be good this year. All right. So the reason why the three of you were on this particular episode is that I have collaborated with the three of you more than anybody else in Windy City Gridiron, maybe with the exception of Sam. I, I've done a lot of work with Sam as well. Um, so shout out to Sam. Shout out. Uh, but Obviously, Lester and I have a podcast together. EJ and I have had a podcast together for multiple years. Patty and I wrote a column together, which was 
totally underrated and had a Absolutely. lot of laughs. It generated a lot of laughs. Believe it, it, it was. It, it was a classic column. It's gonna it's gonna be a fan favorite in years from now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're gonna dig this out of the archives and they're gonna be like, wow, did these guys go on to like write for sitcoms like i mean we, we, these these guys had had some real talent really it was me getting in a few uh good mm. jokes but basically setting patty up for success and then of course we we've uh you know i i handed over the the five questions with column to, to patty and you've done a, a great job with that and so we we have done a lot of work together over the years in, in helping build windy city gridiron up and i i I've been struggling in this off season because when we see people talk about this team, the national media likes to bag on the bears. They're basically saying that this team might be the worst in the league. You know, they're heading for the, the number one overall pick. And I, my response to that has been generally like, well, you're, you're saying that like that would be the worst thing in the world, which it might be a great thing in the world. If Justin Fields is great and they have the number one overall pick, like that would be a pretty cool situation to head into 2023 with, with a lot of money and free agency. But, but let's leave that aside. And then to be honest, I think that there's a lot of people that are somewhat pandering to, to the bears uh, fandom by saying that they're going to be great and that everything that they've at polls has done in the off season has been uh, perfect. And, and all of the guys that, uh, you know, haven't really proved it are going to be great. They're going to step into these roles and they're all going to be um, all-star performers. And, and I think that that's, that's the wrong way to talk to bears fans as well. We're not uh, as a fan base, I, I don't think dumb. <laughs> and, and I think that bears fans like their football and they, they know what they're seeing. And so as content creators and people that talk about this team a lot uh, and write about this team all the time, I wanted to ask the three of you and have an honest conversation about how do we talk about this team so that we're not pandering to the the Bears fan base, but also not doom and glooming this to to turn people off because there's a lot of really interesting stuff that's going to happen this year. And for me, I mean, I've I've always kind of had a try to have a balanced perspective, you know, on on how I I write about the Bears, how I talk about the Bears. You know, yeah, I'm a fan first and foremost, you know, but I've been writing about the Bears somewhere, somehow online since uh, like the early 2000s. So like I've been, you know, I've seen my fair share of, you know, bad teams. And and the thing this year that is different, I mean, I, I, I can make a, a good argument or how they can be close to a playoffs if I had to. But but but, you know, in years past, you know, maybe, maybe it was hollow. This year, the way I look at the team is I'm not expecting them to be a very good team. I'm expecting the record six, seven wins. You know, if they're lucky, maybe eight, nine, if everything breaks their way. But with Justin Fields in the fold, with some of the, the younger players that they have that they're trying to build up, with the way the roster's constructed, how Ryan Poles, like like like, like you guys talk, talking about, the Band-Aid's pulled off. He's realizing – the future for this team is a year away. I think as, as content creators, I think for me, that's the angle I'll be hitting a lot each week because as long as the young players are making their moves, as long as the young players are, are progressing how we all hope they will and how we think they will, I mean, wins, yeah, they matter, but maybe not quite as much this season. Patty, what yeah. about you? How do we talk about this team? Now, you have a specific style. I will mention it again. 
You are very optimistic and incredibly funny. I mean, so I can give two, two stick, answers here. <laughs> but how are you going to do it this year? Please, please, please I, never I, change. I have a real answer and yeah, I have yeah, a of course, never change. So the, the real answer is the Bears do not have a lot invested in winning this season. They have, they're like at the bottom of or they have the most cap room and a ton of dead cap they, So in terms of what they've invested in the, and what they're putting on the field it's bottom of the NFL. So they had, we shouldn't be disappointed if they lose. Cause that's, that's what expected. That, that's not what they've invested in. They've invested in having players that they hope can develop for the future. They've invested in setting themselves up so that they can use their cap room in the future uh, to complement the players that they have Justin Fields being the biggest, but also a number of rookies and number of, young players one of the advantages you get when you don't have a lot of high played older players is you have you know cheap uh low draft picks uh other teams rejects or undrafted players who get a chance to compete and every year some of those players you know become really good contributors and hopefully the bears get a couple of those and hopefully justin field shows that you can work with them and if those things happen then that's that's a winning season for the bears um having said that the bears need to win every game the national media have insulted us. They've insulted me to my core and we need to prove them wrong by putting out a winning product. And my heart is going to be broken every week they lose. And I'm going to rub it in to everyone. I can every week that we win. Exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, EJ. Uh, how are we going to talk about this team on Bears over Bears? Yeah, it's a tough follow. I I don't I don't think I have anything for that. Uh, I we have never done either of the things uh, that you were talking about at, at the open of this segment, and I think it's a very this is just personal in terms of approach. I think it's a very bad idea to preset your narrative about any team. And I try not to do when I talk about other teams. I try not to say always and never a lot. You know, if I'm coming into a, a team preview or, or game and saying, oh, this team always loses in the fourth quarter, I, I try and check myself and say, you know, because you'll miss it when they change. And the NFL changes really, really, really quickly. Like windows are one to two years anymore and entire regimes can come and go in three years. So there's a lot of change. And if you come in with a narrative of, Oh, well they were bad 10 years ago. So they're still bad. Or they liked big linebackers forever. You know, maybe they haven't had them on their roster in five years and you miss all that stuff. So it's, it's trying to be freshly objective, even about a team. We look at a lot, talk about a lot, uh, criticize a lot, but being somewhere in the middle, that's realistic and saying, Yeah, these are the good things, just like my take on polls. Like the good thing is he cleared the books and that was hard to do. The bad thing is he's he's had a few goofs and I'm going to say both because I think every situation is a combination of the whole and there usually is good and bad push and pull in every situation. So it's no different with the Bears this year. And much like Lester and Patty said, you know, yes, Justin and you said Justin Fields is the question. He has to develop. You have to watch that. There are a lot of, I think, under the radar players on this team that I'm going to be watching to see if guys like Travis Gibson develop to see if Dominic Robinson is anything in pass rush. So they could let Robert Quinn go. How's the new secondary come together? Because on paper it looks really, really good. Is that the way it's going to play out? 
I hope so with the coaching staff and the expertise that they have lines up really nicely for dialing in a really good secondary. Is that going to make a huge difference this year in wins? No, there's still going to be a single digit win team. I think, I think I said my ceiling on our divisional preview for bootleg was eight wins. If everything goes great, the bottom is about three. If all the wheels fall off and you know, something terrible happens injury wise, the reality is somewhere in the middle there, they could win eight games. If they won nine, would I be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be pleased. That would be a fantastic result, but it's not about the W's. It's about did Justin develop? Did those young core players develop? How did guys like Khalil Herbert look The the good sort of offensive core roster players we have, are they going to recharge the receiving core next year? Yeah, they are. And that's fine. But who's worth keeping besides Darnell Mooney? So those are the questions. If you're a bears fan and you kind of want to enjoy this season, knowing that they're not destined to win a lot of games, focus on those storylines. And they all do point to the future to 2023, but there's going to be some great plays on the field this year. And if you've sort of already written it off before they start as a, they're going to suck. You're going to miss all that stuff. Final thoughts. Take it wherever you want. Yeah. For me, it's uh, you know, heading into training camp. I'm, I'm excited to see how your offensive line shakes out. You know, I'm an, I'm, I'm, I'm an O-line guy. You know, I, I love watching those guys play, you know, a lot of question marks, you know, in that group. And, and, and I'm curious to how they're going to put it together. Cause you know, it is, is Larry Borum and Braxton Jones that they looked that good during OTAs. I mean, are they really counting on these guys to be, to be a, a part of it? Are they, are they the bookend tackles? Will Tevin Jenkins get a shot at right guard if he can't beat out Borum at right tackle? You know, is Sam Mustafer, is he really going to be the right guard there? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, with Patrick, with white hair, I think there's some, you know, a couple decent players there, but I, I'm excited to see how the O-line shakes out. And I'm also excited to see how, how the wide receiver core shakes out. These are the two big question marks on, on the roster, both on the offensive side of the ball, both, you know, directly impact Justin Fields' progression, you know, but but I, as far as the receivers go, I think they're going to be a little better than a lot of people think they're going to be this year. I think Mooney's going to be uh, – he'll take another step. He may never come to that uh, elite, you know, wide receiver one, you know, stratosphere, but I think he's a he's a damn good football player. And he's shown that, you know, his first couple of years in the league. I think Fellas Jones is in a surprise. You know, I, I, I'm a little higher on Cole Komet than some. I just think he's a, he's a nice fit for this offense. I think he can do some things in the, in the play action game where he'll sneak out and get some catches. You know, he's, he's a nice big target. He's worked on his blocking. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, like EJ said, a lot of nice storylines to follow with this team, you know? So, so let's do that as fans. Let's, let's enjoy the ride because if things go well, if things progress, how they go, how they should, the future looks really bright. Patty, final thoughts. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be uh, a pretty fun season. It may be one of the more excited seasons I've I've had as a Bears fan, just because there really isn't a lot at stake in wins and losses. Uh, even for the, the coaching staff and the regime, everyone sort of knows that this is a reset year, and there's a lot of things to be excited about. Justin Fields, first and foremost, but the new players on the secondary, the young pass rushers, uh, seeing what Darnell money can do. I'm excited about Velas. I think, you know, I, I feel like we're always doing an asterisk about his, his potential, but I, I I'm ready to, to see him as, you know, faster Debo. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's see what happens, you know, uh, just that just faster Debo. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least the bar's not high for him. That's awesome. EJ, what do you got? I'm going to take it in a different direction. We, we've talked a lot about that team. I want to talk about this one. I, 
really love working with all of you. Um, it's the reason I keep doing it. And, uh, you know, it's certainly not for the money. Uh, and the bears can be good. The bears can be bad. But, um, you know, I met all of you in person. Uh, I enjoy all of our all of our conversations, whether they're publicized or not. Um, and it is, you know, it feels like family. It feels like what we can all go back to, whether we're happy or sad about this team to, to interact and make fun content and, and Lester huge shout to you for letting everybody do their own thing and, and encouraging that, not just letting, it's not a permission or a gatekeeper thing. It's a, you got a great idea run with it because I know it's going to be good. And you say that to everybody that works with WCG. So I love this team. And the fact that this team covers another team I love is just like, Two great tastes that taste great together. We got a we got chocolate and peanut butter, so we're good here. All right, that'll do it. Thank you to Lester, EJ, and Patty. Really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you guys did too. Uh, we'll be back next week, and I think next week might be the wrap up. It might be the last episode. I know I said that we were likely going ten, but it looks like uh, we might just end it next week. And so it'll be fun to hear your reactions to that one next week. I'm really excited to to share that one with you. Uh, and until then, bear down. <laughs>